Hello and welcome to Plan B, a podcast about all the latest news and updates related to citizenship by investment by CS Global Partners, a global legal government advisory and marketing firm. My name is Aisha Mohammed and I'm your host. In our last episode, we spoke with Christian Henrik Nesim, the founder and editor of Investment Migration Insider, a leading source of intelligence for the citizenship and residence by investment industry, about industry trends expected in 2021. You can catch up on that episode and others by subscribing to Plan B on Spotify or iTunes. You can also find an episode breakdown on our website at www.csglobalpartners.com under the resources section or by following CS Global Partners on YouTube. Make sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode as we share the most powerful passports in 2021 based on data from the International Air Transport Association. On today's show, we'll be talking to Jane Gordon, the Public Relations and Communication Executive at CS Global Partners, about the surge of South Africans looking for second citizenship. But first, some CBI highlights and updates from this week. Cyprus released a new bill to lay out a revised criteria for naturalisation. Amendments on the citizenship bill will ask that foreigners who want to become naturalised have basic knowledge of the language, history and culture of the country, along with seven years of legal residency and stable financials, among other requirements. The Federation of St Kitts and Nevis has approved the extension of its limited time offer under its citizenship by investment programme due to popular demand. The Sustainable Growth Fund option is the fastest and most straightforward route to St Kitts and Nevis citizenship and is the only path that offers the limited time offer. Under the discount, families of up to four can gain citizenship for $150,000 rather than the previous $195,000. This accounts for a $45,000 price cut. On February 7th, India dispatched two consignments of Shield vaccines to Dominica from Mumbai. In a letter to the Indian Prime Minister last month, Dominica's Prime Minister, Roosevelt Skerritt, requested access to COVID-19 vaccines from that country. And those are this week's CBI updates. We are very fortunate to have Jane join us on today's episode. Jane is based in South Africa and has great insights into the CBI market in the region. Welcome to Plan B, Jane. It's an honour to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Yes, I am. Yeah, all is good my side. How are you? I'm good, hanging in there as usual. Um, so thanks for being here. Some COVID-19 restrictions were recently removed by the South African government. Has lockdown been a bit better with this? Yeah, it's it's fine. I think South Africa, you know, obviously I am based in South Africa and I think that um, you know, we've been in lockdown now for almost a year, but I think we're handling it fairly well. At the moment, we're in between um, stages and that we've just passed our second peak. So things are slightly more relaxed here, but still a lot of restrictions. So handling it, but yeah, it's the new normal for now. Definitely the new normal. So let's get started. In recent years, South Africa has seen a growing exodus of entrepreneurs and business people whether they do so by obtaining a new citizenship or by residing in a foreign nation. What do you think are some of the factors driving South Africans? Well, I think South Africans in particular, they want more options and they want more opportunities. So, 
you know, they're really looking to become more globally mobile, which is sometimes it's hard being based in South Africa. We're sort of we're at the end of <laughs> end of the globe, so to speak. So I think South African entrepreneurs especially have a desire to be seen as a bit more competitive, especially on a global scale in terms of business. Um, and they're usually very creative. So being able to travel more easily uh, for inspiration as well as for business is a key driving factor. Um, and then adding in the current times, I think, where people, you know, are able to work remotely, more people are, wor are working across the world at their desks, you don't have to be stuck in an office. So if you can, why not choose to work somewhere that has a similar lifestyle to South Africa, a similar climate, but a place that has more opportunities and, and potentially has, you know, doesn't have some of the concerns that we have here, such as high crime. Definitely. I think your point about South Africans wanting a similar lifestyle is very true. Now, what would you say makes CBI particularly interesting for South Africans looking to obtain a second citizenship? I think it's an attractive option. I think, you know, in South Africa, you're often very much restricted by obtaining citizenship through ancestry or through family connection. If you don't have that, then I think it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, and I think, you know, being able to invest, you know, through CBI, it also allows you to choose where you'd like to become a citizen. Whereas in South Africa, I feel you're quite restricted to England or Australia, which are often the, the family connections that you have, but CBI kind of opens up a whole wealth of opportunities. Right, so how does second citizenship help South Africans with diversifying their wealth portfolio? I think, again, it's about opening up options to South Africans. Um, the, option, the opportunity to invest overseas and out of South Africa is an attractive one because it does feel a bit more secure. Um, the South African rand is particularly weak. And so overseas investment is quite key. Um, and I think it's seen as a bit of an insurance policy. Um, but moreover, some of the investment opportunities, you know, in the Caribbean particularly, uh, they're especially attractive to forward-thinking South Africans. Um, many of the projects you can invest in aim to counter climate change, you know, and things that South Africans would be concerned with. Um, there's also a, lot, a number of local incentives to drive investment in particular sectors, which can facilitate investment and even inspire investors to begin operating in a new sector. So that's appealing. And then the Caribbean in particular is seen to have a very stable currency as it's pegged to the US dollar. So I think that's quite attractive to South Africans. Interesting. So now let's shift gears into real estate. An investment in real estate has become an increasingly popular way to obtain a foreign citizenship. Using the Commonwealth of Dominica as an example, how can a South African investor benefit from choosing to buy property? In numerous ways. Uh, real estate, it's an interesting proposition because it enables the investor to potentially make a return on the investment in quite a short period of time, you know, three or five years, depending on the buyer, with the time frame being longer if the buyer is, you know, involved in citizenship by investment, but relatively, it's quite a short period of time. Dominica specifically, the government's only approved a very limited number of projects, and these are all eco-friendly, high-end or boutique resorts. And this means that they are tailored to thrive in a world that is eco-friendly and sustainable. They are easily overseen, which alleviates your risk uh, that the development will not be completed or to the spec promised by the developer. So you have that sense of security, which I think is an additional benefit. Mm -hmm, right. Now, as we know, South Africa is a Commonwealth country and therefore shares much with other Commonwealth countries such as Dominica and St. Kitts and Nevis. Do you think this plays a role in helping investors choose which country to invest in for second citizenship? 
Yes, I think it does. Uh, it is easier to invest, invest in a similarly like-minded country, such as Dominica or St. Kitts and Nevis. There's also greater certainty in it and a better understanding of the local legal system, you know, which in Commonwealth nations tends to be based on common law principles. I also think, you know, South Africans in particular are all about trust and strong connections. So fellow Commonwealth countries, they will definitely be seen as quite high on an investor's list. And just to tie it all in, you mentioned safety, both physical and financial, being South African investors' most significant concerns in one of your earlier answers. Now, how would you say that CBI nations like Dominique and St. Kitts and Nevis are meeting this need? So both Dominica and St. Kitts and Nevis are nations that have very stable governments and low crime rates among the general population. And that's very appealing to South African investors because it is quite different to what we have back home. I think one of the biggest appeals is that they have the beauty of South Africa, but without the struggles. You know, for South Africans investing in dual citizenship in Dominica or St. Kitts and Nevis, it feels like you're investing in a lifestyle that you're already comfortable with. You know, it's something you already know and it's, you know, it's idyllic, but, you know, it's, it's safe. So it's got those added benefits. So you, you are looking at a place which feels like home, but it feels like the perfect version of home where we don't have the troubles that sometimes South Africans face. And those are all of our questions. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jane. We appreciate all of your insight. This concludes our fifth episode of season three. If you have any topics or questions regarding the upcoming CBI trends and would like to discuss them on plan B, let us know and we'll be happy to have an expert address them. Now we'd like to ask you, our listeners, what kind of political and social events would instill the idea of a possible migration for you and your family? Let us know in the comments. And as promised, before we bid you goodbye, here are five of the most powerful passports to have in 2021. Currently, Asian citizens continue to have the world's most powerful travel documents. Japan is once again top of the leaderboard, offering visa-free or visa-on-arrival access to 191 destinations around the world. Singapore is in second place with a score of 190, and South Korea ties with Germany in third place with a score of 189. Italy, Finland, Spain and Luxembourg take fourth place with access to 188 destinations and Denmark and Austria come in fifth with a score of 187. The United States and the United Kingdom are tied for seventh place as they continue to face restrictions due to the spread of COVID-19. And next Wednesday we'll be back with another expert to address more topics in the citizenship by investment world. Remember, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube to never miss an episode and stay in tune with all things CBI. Until then, if you have any questions about CBI or would like to find out more, please visit www.csglobalpartners.com. I'm Aisha Mohammed. Thank you for listening and stay safe.